It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome again to this podcast called Captain Says. I have a guest who's been here a bunch of times. This is third time, I think. Third time. It is. It is Mr. Player. Hello. Player. Yep. Coming to you live from Starbucks. We're drinking our peach and black tea on <laughs> Tuesday special. <laughs> That's where oh, you normally find Two for one it. on Tuesday. Yeah. That's where we are. Yep. Okay. So normally we don't have any plan at all. But today, there's like three things I can think of that we have to talk about. <laughs> it's an agenda. And you know what they are. So which one you want to do first? Maybe the survey. Oh, the survey. Okay. Peach and Black Podcast did a survey for all the originals tracks. The 15 tracks, is it? Yeah, 15 tracks, yeah. 15? Oh, well, if you got the Japanese, it's 16, but oh, we, yeah. didn't, we didn't count that in the survey. Because not everyone so could, could have access to that, so we just kept it to the standard release. Mm. Even we didn't get that cinematic mix for, for some time after, yep. <laughs> till we could get a, a copy of it. Um, so yeah, uh, many, many, many people voted, and we put the results out in the Pigeon Blake podcast, Originals Review, part one, part two, results yep. were in part two, yep. and it was very surprising. Well, uh, we should um, clarify, so those who aren't Peach and Black listeners, maybe there is some out there. Oh, crazy people. We created a survey and sent it out to our Peach and Black fan base and got them to rank the originals album tracks from their most liked to their least liked and the results were very interesting. Straight away at the worst ranked song. <laughs> oh, actually, actually, if we talk about the results, then we're going to reveal the results, but then... Mm. Um, <laughs> so if you haven't already heard the originals uh, review... That's a spoiler. The that's, massive six yeah, hours, spoiler, all of spoiler. it. No, no, it's no spoiler. Just go and listen to that first and I'll see you in six hours <laughs> and then come back and listen to this one. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the results. So if you don't know them, uh, you might have a heart attack. So don't. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for any medical emergencies. Um, first off, the first, the worst voted song which I know it's not a good song. And I said this in the review, it's one of his most, it's one of the most unique songs we ever heard him do because it's so different from anything he's ever done. It is very different, yeah. But it was voted the worst track on that originals album. Well, something's got to come last, right? Uh, I know, but, you know, this, I could pick five other tracks ahead of that one. Gotcha. Just for yeah. its uniqueness alone. Yeah. Gets it into the top 10 just on this album. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's, I know there's one song which we're going to talk about later and it's basically exactly the same as the version it was released by, <laughs> who it was released by, <laughs> but that got voted really high. Yeah, so, really high, yeah. Yeah, it's just, oh, it's, I think what Toegem said in the review was maybe it just kind of goes on for a bit long because it does, it does kind of stretch out and does 
some changes and stuff. I don't know. It's just a, it is a very different song. Maybe fans weren't expecting that. It's the only thing I can think of, really. In case you don't know, we're we're talking about the worst voted song, which is Kenny Rogers' uh, "You're My Love," <laughs> sung sung by Prince. Um, <laughs> like I can't remember where I put it in the survey, but it probably would have been five, six, or seven somewhere around there, like halfway maybe. Okay. Like I know it's not a great song, but just because it's such a unique, weird thing. I had to give it points for that. Mm. And then there's other versions of songs on this album which are almost the same as what was released by the artist. And I'm like, well, who cares? It's just Prince doing a bored-sounding vocal. <laughs> it's not amazing. <laughs> so that's how I voted. Right, but gotcha. But people obviously voted differently to that. <laughs> and what about the, oh. the, the rest of the um, bottom five? I can't remember where it came, but the song that I probably put in the top two or three came very low as well, and that was Holy Rock. And I just couldn't believe. But like, you know, Dear Michelangelo, okay, that's bottom five out of the 15. That's fine. (laughs) Wouldn't you love to love me? Rubbish sound quality, bottom five again. But yeah, it's just the results. Like when we looked at the results for like where people were voting from, it seemed like there was a big difference between Americans and Europeans from what we've seen. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. um, it seems like the Americans generally, you know, not everyone, but generally the Americans didn't like Holy Rock. Yes, Europeans correct. Yeah. did. Yeah. Europeans did like it. So that was very interesting. It's just, I don't know if it's a culture thing or what it is, but Europeans liked it. Australians liked it. Americans, not so much. And it was kind of flipped with gigolos. And gigolos get lonely too, which yeah. still blows my mind that it came as high as it did in this survey. Yeah. Voted very high, mostly by Americans. Correct. Yeah. Not so much by Europeans, Australia, other places. So yeah. again, it's just a weird flip between continents. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we had this conversation the other day about what was a one-sided conversation. I sent you a message about Americans and how divided their listening experiences are with the way they've mm. got different charts, you know, country chart and Black chart and pop chart. It's all very sectioned. Everything's got to yeah. be in a, in a place. Correct, yeah. Whereas like in Australia, it, for those outside of Australia that don't know, there's just one chart really. It's just one there's music one chart. There's one chart and and everything gets on it. There's country music, there's yeah. hip hop, there's pop, there's rock, there's everything in Correct. one chart. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's, just, it's just kind of fascinating. They, there could be a whole, you know, there could be hours of talk, I guess, studies have done about these results, but we're not going to do that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll just say it. We'll just say it's interesting. Yeah, and surprising. <laughs> when I look at those American charts, and you see, like, like let's pick Prince for example. You know, Prince. A Prince song might go into the standard Billboard chart at the time when he was around, and when Billboard charts were around, he might come in, but the, he might peak at like number eighty or something. And they've got their separate black chart and it might be number three on the black chart. So it's weird. Like, you know, you've got a separate chart for that and it ranks really mm. highly, but you've got a, another different chart and it's, you know, way down the list. It's, it's just kind of a weird thing to, to look at. Now, this, this question will show how stupid I am. Does the black chart mean the artist is black or it was bought by black people? I'm guessing it means the artist is black. Is that how it is? I think so. I think so. They, can't, they can't count who bought it. That's just weird. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to go, hang on, w- what race are you while you're buying this Prince album? Not going to happen. Yeah. But I don't even know if the artist has to be black. I think it's defined as black music. Maybe people can 
tell us. Oh, you know what it is? Because Just- I think there's people like Justin Timberlake and stuff that have reached those kind of charts. I think I'm not like I'm not 100 percent sure. So I think it's just the style of music. I don't know. You know what it is? I think just like they've got separate charts for country and rock and hip-hop and everything else, they've got radio stations as well, which only play pop, which only play R&B, stuff Mm. like that. So maybe that's where they're getting their... What songs were most played on, you know, urban radio or whatever they call it now? Yeah. That could be where they get their, their numbers from for those sort of charts. I don't know. Yeah. Again, we're just white people in Australia. We don't know anything. Well, I don't. <laughs> right into I'm just guessing. Captain says yeah. at Twitter <laughs> and let him know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a it's very strange. But talking about charts, mm. do we talk enough about the results or is there anything more interesting to well, say? Well, unless you want to di- diverge more into it. <laughs> it's just it, it was is it was a very fascinating result, I think. I think people online were kind of shocked as well. The results. I know. I was shocked by it. I, if like, I was doing no. that, if I was doing it, I'd do it a lot differently. I'd rank a lot of the songs a lot differently to what came out. Mm. Yeah. Like number one, I think is pretty is what I put for number one as well. So that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I was I happy with, with that. that. Yeah, I agree with that one. But Gigolo's getting you know in the top five. That just blew my mind. <laughs> like it's it's virtually identical to the time version mm. and. You know, Prince's vocal is okay, but it's not, like, mind-blowing. I just don't get why some people voted it that high. It's just that it's just strange to me. Yeah, it is strange. And, like, people, people online have been like, oh, but it's this and it's that, but I just don't hear it. I don't see it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm the same. No. Like, if, if it was released with, like, a radically different arrangement, I'd probably give it more attention. I guess, but... Or if he did, like, an amazing vocal, like, did some big falsetto thing and everyone's like, oh, holy moly, it's the best thing. (laughs) But it's not. Yeah, it's It's a weird one. But there was one comment that we saw just today and it was like, if you were there when these songs came out, that makes a big difference to how you You perceive them and hear them. Yeah, Which is true. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because there's, you know, there's albums that... And songs that I was listening to when I was like 15. And, you know, I think they're great. But, you know, in the overall arc of history, they're just total throwaway rubbish songs. Yeah. But, you know, that was the song that we used to listen to on Saturday night when we're driving around in our car with the big speakers, blasted music, you know. Electric dreams, right? (laughs) No, no, they didn't want to play that for some reason. (laughs) No, we were listening to, um, oh God, 24-7, John Slave to the Music, just... Rubbish. Slave Rubbish now, like Ace of Bass. Oh. All that stuff. <laughs> really? 94, 95, yeah. <laughs> Just all the pop garbage that was on the radio. Okay. Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Come on. It's good stuff. Oh, that man. is good music to blast in your car when you're 16. Oh, yeah. Now you're taking <laughs> me back. God. When you're driving down the main street, you're all idiots hanging out the windows and you're singing Cotton Eye Joe. Come on. What's oh. more fun than that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to our American <laughs> listeners, we don't sound as redneck as this. <laughs> well, that, that was their name, wasn't it? Rednecks? Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, jeez. Um, slave to the Music, 24-7. That's a good one too. Urban to Cookie Collective. Music. That goes. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, Urban yeah. Cookie Collective, I've Got the Key, I've Got the Secret. All yeah. that rubbish pop music from the early 90s. I think it's great. They, yeah, but I know they, it's they, not great, but I perceive it to be because... You know, when I was young, that was the music I was listening to. Yeah, well, I went to clubs so, that played all that music, at, you know, 
at that age. Mm. Uh, Kicks in Parramatta, Wiggles in Blacktown, Club Troppo on the Central Coast. Uh, Mm. (laughs) Yeah, you had a whole road trip every weekend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you went to those clubs and they played those those songs all the time. Marubra Seals, they had that was that was really cool because they had different levels. It was like retro. They had different levels, oh. and each level had one had just like a straight hip hop level, and then you go upstairs and then there'd be like that sort of techno pop stuff, and then you go to another mm. level and there's dance and oh, it's awesome. Like you just all night you just go up and down and just have like a totally different experience on each level. It's fantastic. Oh. That's the way clubs should be. Do you remember the name of the one that was at Penrith? Uh, no. no. I only I went there like twice, but mm. it was, I can't remember the name of it. doesn't matter. Yeah. At Panthers? No, it wasn't Panthers. It was something else. It was like in the like Main Street of Penrith. Ah, right. Like High Street, whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, High Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, yeah. I went there like twice. <laughs> I was and sad. it was pretty sad. <laughs> you know, they were playing the music that I wanted to listen to, but like mm. the, the clientele, maybe maybe you can say that word, were not, the standards weren't very high. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But that includes me and all my idiot friends as well, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got to have one of those uh, kind of rubbish kind of weekends. Mm. Yeah, trashy, <laughs> trashy weekends. Yeah, it's good but fun. those, like the songs you listen to, you know, it does make a difference what you were listening to. Oh, yeah. Like maybe Americans who were listening to Holy Rock when it came out were like comparing it to other songs that were out at the time and they're like, this other stuff's way better than Holy Rock. Mm. And then I come in, you know, and listen to it now and I'm like, oh, this is the funkiest thing ever. But I'm yeah. not comparing it to all the other songs in 1985. So yeah. it's yeah, a totally different thing. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I understand that part, but I don't understand how those people can still not listen to that song now and not think it's the funkiest thing around. Well, yeah, you've got a good point. Like if you take Holly Rock and Gigolos, the amount of energy in Holly Rock compared to Gigolos, Gigolos is really Oh, my back. God. And so for yeah. that fact, it's like, well, this is like Holly Rock on the one hand is just blasting it and it's just rocking and then the others are just so laid back. I mean, it is a cool song, mm. but it's just like if you compare the two, like why is Holly Rock in 10 and Gigolos at four? Like, <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I was like just stunned when you said Holly Rock was at number 10. I remember Toe Jam. Toe Jam was like, who are you people? Exactly. <laughs> but we, I think we all said that. It was just crazy. Even something like Noon Rendezvous, oh. like at six, like I listen to that and I get chills up my spine, but I don't get mm. that sort of, it doesn't evoke that emotion with gigolos. Like I don't go, oh my God, like, you know. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm sure I would have voted Nude Rendezvous higher than, I know I did vote it higher than gigolos Get Lonely. Yeah. Because and I probably I, w- I probably put gigolos in the bottom three of the album. Yeah. That and Makeup and like Dear Michelangelo were probably my bottom three. Yeah. Because I just get nothing from them. Yeah, that's true. And another thing, like Jigolos wasn't like a single release or anything. And then you've got, you know, Lower than Gigolos, you got Jungle Love, Sex Shooter, Manic Monday. Those three are like pretty big songs in the Prince. Like people know of those songs, even if you're not really 100% Prince fan. You know of Jungle mm. Love and Sex Shooter from at least Purple Rain. And then you've got Manic Monday, which is massive hit for the Bangles. And they rank lower than mm. Gigolos. And it's like, well, <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> yeah. And then the estate put out the video for Manic Monday, or mm. whatever they, the, the thing that they made and called it the video for Manic Monday. The, the Frankenstein. Like, like, 
like that song was the big standout hit. And again, this survey proves they are so far off the mark. Mm, correct. In that case. Yeah. So far off. Mm. Like, again, you did all the work to put this survey together, but I can say it's not that hard to put together a survey like this, you know. No, it's <laughs> The not. estate could have done it. Yeah. Like, even if they didn't say, we're from the estate, we're doing this, they could have just went on Prince.org under anybody's name and just go, oh, here's a survey, let's vote. Yeah. And just to see what the average fan reaction is to those tracks. And so they have some clue, but they didn't, you know, there's zero fan, what's the word, interaction, consultation? Yeah. I don't know. They just don't care. And yeah. it's, it's, to, it's to their detriment that they ignore everything we say. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's some other things as well. Like there's a lot of Sheila E tracks on there. Like they could have cut that back. Like get rid of Dear Michelangelo mm. and like Toe Gem said, put on Sugar Walls or put on Screams of Passion, you know. That would have yeah. made for such a stronger album. They should have just put on All Killer on this album. And then after that, like I said, don't do Originals 2 and 3 because you cheapen the legacy and you cheapen that mm. sort of concept. Just do deluxe versions of the associated artist albums and put Prince's vocal as a bonus. And that's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's how they got to do it. But like even, I said this in the review, even just dropping Wouldn't You Love to Love Me, by far the worst sounding track on the album. Yep. Yeah, For any that. other track, like Screams of Passion or anything. Yeah. Because just by including that, it dropped the entire quality of that whole album. Yeah. Like you get to that track and you're like, what is this? Like I tried, I listened to a few tracks of this album like a few days ago and that came on and I got like 10 seconds in and I just skipped it because it just, it sounded awful. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not even being funny. I just heard it and I'm like, oh, I can't listen to this. It's yeah, just it's, bad. Yeah. It, it is a noticeable drop when it gets to that, that song. Yeah. But we would have never have known if they put any other track on instead of it and kept that sound quality at a decent level. Yeah. But that's what they chose to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. That's the survey. <laughs> okay, Frankenstein. Let's talk about Frankenstein. <laughs> like, for those Dude, who listen to the insane... This is a controversial subject, yeah. For those who listen to the insane six hours of originals review that we've released, which was edited down from, like, I think, ten hours. Yeah, that's correct. Um, there were lots of uh, <laughs> allusions made to comments that me and you might have about things and we in the end we I just we cut them out of that review because they didn't really add anything to that specific thing but we still want to say them so that's why we're here <laughs> correct like well basically what got cut out was the concept was basically captain and I and a lot of people in the prince community what's the word I'm looking for is it theorize or is it S surmise? <laughs> yeah, surmise. Okay, surmise that the tracks on originals have been what's the word? Tampered, <laughs> tampered, or put a, a special put, bit of love put into them. That yeah, not, they're not makes, straight rips from the tapes. Them, yeah, that doesn't make them so much original as what they're publicising as, just to enhance the quality of them. Um, yeah, and in the liner notes, there's no uh, zero information. Regarding that. Which uh, was to be expected. Yeah. In some of the interviews, some of the, the um, people behind the project have alluded to, let's say alluded because they haven't really sort of straight out said it, but they've kind of alluded to that that's what they may have done. And I don't want to put words into MC and ToeJam's mouth, but their thought yeah, is... Yeah, that's, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, their thought is, and I, again, I'm not speaking for them because maybe Rob S is going to listen to this and disagree, but basically Rob was saying that there could be in the vault versions 
of this and no one knows because just because it's not circulating as a bootleg doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. So I, I guess he's thinking is... Which is a fair is, enough point. It's a fair yeah, it enough is, point. Yeah, yeah, it is a fair enough point. So he's like, he's less of a... Skeptic a, like we are. <laughs> correct, that that these tracks have been altered in a, in a fashion because he's saying like there could be 10 versions of one song in the vault and all 10 may be circulating bootleg circles, but they may have found an 11th version that no one's heard and that could be what's on originals. And that mm. was his point. So, yeah, we got into that. We got into that. And I think that was like a hard, that was like a 20, 30 minute, you know, side powwow. tangent. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but my, my kind of thing was we've seen this before on releases like Michael Jackson, where they've tampered with uh, his recordings, even so far as putting other people on there that are not Michael Jackson doing the vocals. The fake, the fake singer. Like yeah. somebody sent us those tracks. It was like, it seems like it's almost half that album. That mm. it was an escape. Was that the album? I think so, yeah, yeah. You know, literally half the album were not sung by Michael Jackson, which blows my mind. I didn't, yeah. I, when I, I remember when I heard about that, I just remember it being a couple of tracks, but it's like four or five or six tracks, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, um, we're, not, we're not saying there's a Prince Impersonator on this album, but oh, who no, knows what's not. to come? Who no, knows no, what's no. to come yet? Well, well my, <laughs> my point is, is... If the tracks have been Frankensteined, where does it, it like the lines blur as to where does it stop and how far do they keep going with it? Mm. So, for example, this originals album has got mainly positive reviews. Now, if they've Frankensteined it, then they can go into future projects and go, well, this was really well received because we did X, Y, and Z to it. Let's do now that plus even more, more, even more. And yeah. then, and then it kind of evolves into a, like a way different thing to what was actually in the vault. So it's kind of like, well, where do they stop? And are we the gatekeepers where we got to sort of speak up and say, and pull these people into line and say, no, 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 you can't do that kind of thing. And that's, that's my mm. kind of take on it because I don't want, you know, if you're enhancing stuff for audio quality purposes, fine but if you're piecing things together using different sessions and creating basically a frankenstein mm. track or a remix or whatever i don't let's just see let, that. yeah let's just explain to people who might not know what we're saying when we say frankenstein and yeah, yeah. stuff like that mm -hmm. michael howe in many of the interviews that he's done he said you know some of these versions you know these tracks on the originals album the versions with the Prince vocal were only available on a cassette. There was no like actual master tapes with Prince's vocal still existing. The only versions they found were on some cassette tapes. They did have the master tapes for the music, but not for Prince's vocal. That was only on the cassette. So they've taken that cassette, they've put it all into digital you know, software on the computer. They've got the actual master tapes mixed those master tapes, the instrumental music without any vocal, to as close as they could get to the mix that was on the cassette tape, put those two together, so then you've got a decent sounding in instrumental version plus Prince's vocal mixed on top of that. That's, that's one thing yep. because most of the mixes do sound pretty good. But then you come to the point where, uh, let's just say, now this, this is a topic which can be argued, but just say, baby, you're a trip. There's... <laughs> The original version of that, it's Prince singing the vocals, it's got Prince on backing vocals. But the version we get here is Prince on vocals, Jill Jones on the backing vocals. 
So I haven't compared them exactly. So I don't know if the backing vocals on this are from the Jill Jones version. So this is where we start talking about Frankenstein. Have they like taken one version with Jill's vocals and mixed that with the Prince vocals? Because there is an existing bootleg version with Prince on the backing vocals. So yeah, there are different versions, but who's to say which, like Play is going to say, the concept of this album is originals. So it should be all Prince because he did the original. Correct. Jill came in, even if it was the next day, which I know MC will argue, (laughs) Jill put her vocals the day after, Prince did them the day before. So that's the original. So why choose the version with Jill and then mix them together? That's one of the annoying things. Well, and also to Toe Jam. Did I explain that? Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to me. Toe Jam's kind of point is, well, Jill was around during the 1999 sessions when Baby Your Trip was recorded. Mm. So it is possible that she was on a lot of songs around then. Yeah. Yeah. So she could have recorded it. So he's pretty sure that those vocals of hers is, is quote unquote original. And Rob, I guess um, it goes back to his thing saying, yes, the Prince version with the Prince backing vocals is circulating bootleg circles. And just because we there's not one with Jules circulating doesn't mean that it wasn't in the vault kind of thing. So there's lots of different angles to this. So, mm. And what doesn't help is the lack of information of the actual recording sessions listed. So, you yeah, know. if they... You know, if they found, say, six different versions of Baby or a Trip, at least they could say, we found six versions of this song, we chose version three because it best represented blah, blah, blah. Right. Then that's fine. At least they've explained what they've done. Yeah. Or it's even the if lack they of said, explanation. we found right. a Prince version with zero backing vocals, and so we mixed that with Jill's backing vocals because that was the only backing vocals that existed that we had. Fair enough. At least they explained what they've done, but they've said nothing. That's the annoying thing. Well, this is the thing about transparency. At least if they know that fans are speaking this way about quote-unquote Frankenstein, then if everything's 100% legit, they should come out and set the record straight. They should say, no, this is what we found. This is, you know, and just clear everything up. Because if they don't do that, then fans are just going to keep thinking this way. So for me, it's just about the transparency. Like... There is that going, doing the rounds and fans are thinking that way. So just set the record straight and then it's not going to be... Because like going back to the Michael Jackson thing, they tried to cover that out, that up. Oh, yeah. And it got, you know, they got found out and it's it's a bad, just a bad look. I'm not saying that they're doing anything dishonest. I'm just saying like, you know, just set the record straight of, especially in liner notes and things, because, you know, that way, like everybody knows, okay... I mean, even if you did put like Jill's on Jill's backing vocals, I mean, like it's not ideal, but so what? Like, just say that you've done that, you know. But the <laughs> fact is, if the if the version with Prince's backing vocals wasn't a circulating bootleg, and we'd never heard that, that song would not even be in this argument because we mm-hmm. wouldn't even have known that yeah. Prince originally did the backing vocals. We'd yeah. only hear this version. Yeah. But because that version does exist, then we know that. You know, the version on this album is not technically the original. It's take two or three or whatever it is. Yeah, and there's um, I've seen there's an article of somewhere, I think, of Michael Howe saying that they were tracking down bootlegs as reference points. So they would listen to and see, like, you know, what was actually circulating and making decisions from that. So I, I don't know what which, that means. Which is bizarre to me. Yeah, yeah, that is bizarre, yeah. Making decisions based on bootlegs that you heard? <laughs> well, well, like, based on what what fans have got in their hands. So mm. 
I don't know how to take that. I don't know how to take it as, well, if they find something in the vault that's same as the bootleg that's circulating, they don't want to put out the same sort of thing. So maybe do we Frankenstein it a little bit to make it sound a bit different and then throw that out there? Mm. Like why are they using those bootlegs as reference points? That's what I'm trying to I kind think, of figure out. I think Michael Howe said that about Wouldn't You Love to Love Me. I think that was one of those songs. And he's like, we know that, you know, this version and that version are already out there. This version was not out there, so that's why it's on here. But just the fact that there are bootlegs circulating, that has nothing to do with, you know, the objective quality of that version of that song. You know, one of the circulating bootleg versions could be what most fans say, oh, this is the best version. Yep. But then they refuse to put out that version in perfect quality because it's already out there in rubbish quality. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, another thing... We don't want this version, which is not in good quality and is not the best version. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, the the thing that doesn't make sense to me is, you know, they've got a vault full of unreleased material that's not even doing bootleg circles. So... Mm. You wouldn't even have to compare. The only thing that you would have to reference in bootleg circles is, is this item out or not? And if it's not, then that makes things a lot easier. You don't have to piece together (laughs) other tracks to make something sound different. You just release something that's not even out there. Mm. That's it. That's it. It's just, well. Uh, It's it's a massive rabbit hole. You know, you start to go down it and you can never really stop. So, yeah. So yeah, I we, think we should. We could bash the estate for hours, don't you worry? <laughs> it's, look, and it's on not that a, note, let's the next look, topic. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not about bashing the estate, but you know, it's just oh. kind of you got to keep them in check a bit. Like after that piano and microphone eighty three release, like you know. Well, this this is the next topic. Yeah. Oh, is like, it? Yeah, you can definitely look at this as bashing the estate, but it's also yeah, it it could be that, but it's also genuine concern about what the hell they are doing isn't it well yeah i'd like to i like to know the thought process because they've stated they've got some five-year plan so they have they know what they're going to release in the next five years and my question is is well not necessarily what is the plan because they don't want to tell you but like what they're thinking is why you know you know are they going to release something new next I, i know that the next thing is supposed to be 1999 remaster that's a really random thing because it's right in the middle of the i guess it's right next to purple rain i guess that's their thinking yeah. it's, it's as close as purple rain that they can get but again why what is the thought process and the only thing i can think of is is something as close to purple rain as they can get and they just work mm. out from there outwards. because you know even if they've heard fans complain oh come on enough with purple rain get off 1984 they'll be like okay 1983, 1982, <laughs> <laughs> but not too far away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You will see oh. like 1999 remaster. We'll see uh, what is that? First Avenue. Yeah, show. yeah. Well, you if know, 1999, yeah. like the deluxe version comes out with the second disc, full of you know like purple music and all the songs that we want, then mm. that that's great. That's fine. Yeah, that's good. I'll be happy with that. Like we t- we said this in the original review that when the Purple Rain remaster came out with the second disc with all the songs, some of them we'd never even heard before, that's a good disc. It's a good disc of unreleased music, which a lot of it we hadn't heard. But that release came, it was still too soon after Prince died. And you, I don't think a lot of people could fully, you know, enjoy that, that disc for what it was. Like even now, like if it came out now, it'd be great. But yeah. even listening to it now, it still takes you back to 
that time, which was still so close to when he died. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And it's just sort of like tarnished somehow because of the time that it came out, yeah. which is weird. But it is to me anyway. Unless they're going to do like a the Purple Rain Deluxe where it was three discs or whatever with 1999, because 1999 is already a double album. It's a big album. And yeah, they could technically fit all the music into one disc. But on a second disc, once you put on those um, extended mixes that was on Ultimate Prince and then a oh, couple, yeah. of, couple of unreleased stuff, I don't think, unless they're going to do like a three or four disc set the way um, Purple Rain Deluxe was... I don't see it being like, I reckon it'll be, they'll do like, a, what was that release, Forever, where they just put on Moonbeam levels, like just one track. Oh. I reckon maybe this 1999 that'll be Deluxe. A, they'll pad it be out. A but, they'll, but they'll just put a couple of tracks maybe. I hope they don't, but I don't that know. That would be a disaster. <laughs> I don't know. I'm purely speculating. I'm sure we'll hear very soon. Like it's in, it's going to come out in the next six months, apparently. So, oh, if it's out by Christmas, that'd be great. But if they followed the plan of the Purple Rain Deluxe, first disc, the album. Second mm. disc, whole bunch of bootlegs. Third disc, you know, the twelve inches and B-sides. seven inch edits because yeah. we all want those. <laughs> Um, but, you know, if they followed that plan, that's going to sell. Yeah. Just for that second disc alone of yeah. purple music and extra lovable and all this stuff that we yeah. don't have exactly. in perfect quality, hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah. But let's talk about, we talked about charts before. Let's talk about originals on the charts. Oh, uh, the, the first week in the charts in America, I guess it's the Billboard charts. I think it was it was it number 16 the first week. Yeah. 15 or 16. I think that's for the physical release. It's, yeah, not yeah. digital. And there's still, there's a lot of talk that having the two-week exclusive thing on Tidal. Tidal, yeah. You know, affected the numbers of the physical release when it came out and its impact on the charts, and fair enough. But let's go to the second week of originals on the Billboard charts. It dropped from number 16 to 140. <laughs> that is very, that's, I, I, I don't know, that to me sounds really bad. That sounds really bad. That is... Looking, you know, looking at it from a business point of view, that's a freaking disaster. Yeah. That is horrible. That is absolutely horrible. Like 16, mm. decent debut. Second week, 140. Not even in the top 100 the second week. That is, that is bad. Yeah. So I, I wonder mean, if they're sitting there thinking, well, that wasn't great. Or if they're sitting there going, oh, well, we debuted at 16. They could be trying to look at it positively somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I think a lot of things are going to come into play. I think one is the title thing. Another yeah. is the track selection. You know, if they listen to a show like Peach and Black and li- actually listen to what the fans' perspective is and feelings, you know, that might be another factor. And another factor, I reckon, would be the, the packaging. Is there any incentive for people to go out and buy a CD with nothing in it? You know, they're holding out on this um, vinyl release that's a book, 24-page book and and all that, and that's going to be $150 Australian. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just say the vinyl release, that massive booklet, which is the only reason you're buying that release, because you can buy just the plain vinyl. It's got no different music to the CD or the streaming version. You're only buying it for the booklet. The booklet's got a whole bunch of essays by various people, Peggy McCreary and... You Nelson know, the engineers and, and stuff. Susan, Nelson George. Uh, Susanna. Susanna. Susanna, yeah. But still, not a single word that I could see about what they've done to these tracks to make them no. releasable. 
No. The only real thing that interests me in that book was the photos of the mixer settings, the Polaroids of the mixer settings and the oh, yeah. photos of the tapes and the worksheets and all that. That sort of stuff mm. interests me. But again, you're only going to look at that a few times. You're not going to go back to it every week yeah. and go, oh, look, there it is again. Yeah. <laughs> but still the same settings. Yeah, but that sort of thing should be just in the standard release, in my opinion, because it gives incentive to go, people go out there and buy it. But see, this is the thing. I don't want to spend 150 bucks on that vinyl release because I don't have a vinyl player. I know, like for MC, see, everyone's different. MC will buy it. You know, I won't buy it only because I don't have a vinyl player. Yeah. I, Look, I, I, just, don't, I don't have a record player either. But mm. if this is, again, this is something else which I haven't seen anybody talk about. Even if I had a record player and I was considering buying any vinyl version, whether it's this deluxe one or just the plain album, was it mastered for vinyl? I haven't seen anybody even talk about that. Because if it's just the CD version or the digital version dumped on vinyl, it's not going to sound any better. That's just placebo effect. It's going to be no better yeah. than any other version. So unless it's been mastered for vinyl, and I'm, I'll say this here, I don't trust Bernie's ears anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was great back in the day, but, you know... <laughs> I think he needs to um, hang up his headphones or something. <laughs> Put on your listening ears. <laughs> Put on his listening ears, as Judge Judy says, and just hang up the headphones. Oh, oh. Hilarious. Um. There's got to be other people out there. <laughs> but, um, yeah. One thing I'll say is we are going to talk to the guy who actually mixed, mixed the tracks on originals and that will be coming out on the next peach and black podcast episode i'm pretty sure unless something changes yeah so that hopefully will be a very enlightening talk and we'll get some information which we will be asking questions about and hopefully we get some answers mm. we'll see see how we go be very interesting though mm. see if that can get cleared up i hope so what else is there is that everything might be. People are screaming at us, no, you haven't said this yet. But I can't hear you people screaming at me, so I don't know. Um, I, guess, I guess we just had to get all that stuff off our chest, I guess. <laughs> Was there anything that we haven't said yet? Paul Martinez says, Americans hate the Sinead O'Connor version. Just quickly on that, that's again another thing about Americans and Europeans like having different, the way they diff see things differently. Same with um, Love That Will Be Done. It was big chart thing here, not so much over there. Sounds by the sounds of like Sinead, the same thing, like not so much over there, rest of the world. So it's, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's another thing. I guess it's, it's just like cultures, you know, when you're in the culture and things are different. Yeah. You know, you just see things differently. Like when I was in Adelaide last year, like, thing, like things that happened down there is different to what's happened in Sydney and all that sort of stuff. And we were in the same country, you know. Mm. It's just, it's like tribes, you know, in certain tribes, in certain areas, just mm. things, they do things differently and you're not. And America of. is massive on tribes, <laughs> mostly <laughs> political. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another rabbit um, hole, isn't it? You just reminded me, last night on the on the news, there was, um, you know, some kid like disappeared and they're like, this is the eight year anniversary since, you know, little Johnny went missing. And what? it's like, you still, it's, this is one kid. And you're yeah. still talking about it eight years later? Yeah. Do they, do they bring up the Strathfield massacre every year on its anniversary yeah. where like nine people got stabbed to death? No. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one's mentioned yeah. it since it happened. But yeah. they bring up one kid every year and go, oh, it's eight years. Next year it'll be nine years since little kid disappeared. It's like, it's one kid. Isn't there mm. bigger news than that? 
Seriously? Yeah, yeah. On the news, there was um, all these things about somebody. There was like a, I saw on the news the other night. It was not this weekend, last weekend, and it was like people dressed up as knights. You know, like um, jesters, uh, like the you know yeah, people yeah. in like armor and stuff, and someone mm-hmm. got hit on the head, and it was like news, and it's like and this is on just like a football field or something. <laughs> I, did like some, like, I did see that. And I did like, see that. I did see that. It was like the third news story or something, and I thought, That's what news. is this? Why is this fucking news? <laughs> like, you know, some kid trips over on a soccer match is like the equivalent of that. If they put that as like a main news story, yeah, oh, a like, kid fell over in the street. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Oh of, there's a God. lot of news like that. Like they're just filling it because there's nothing else to say. But there is. Like you watch yeah, SBS News or ABC yeah, World News. Like shit happens yeah. everywhere, every day in the world. Yeah. And Channel Seven are like the third thing on the news. Our oh, kid fell down in the grass. Oh no. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh fuck. <laughs> let's let's change all the laws now because he fell over. Yeah. Yeah. One thing you said before when you said the estate, you just reminded me when you said the estate. Uh, I've got a five year plan. That just makes me think like that's something Trump would say. He's like, I've got a plan. It's the best plan. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but just believe me, it's the best plan that there's ever been and just you'll see what happens when it comes out. That's what it sounds like. That just makes me think there's no plan at all and they're just talking rubbish. That's what that sounds like. Um, Maybe there's a plan. I don't know. But when you say I've got a great plan and then you don't say anything about it, it doesn't give you like any any trust that it exists. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, if they, you know, I don't, I don't expect something. them to come out and tell us everything. But yeah. Oh, but if you notice, something. like it, it, it is picking up. Like you've got this emancipation and chaos and disorder and Versace mm, experience coming. All these vinyl releases, but again, the, it, it's no new music. It's not new, it's music, no new music. But what I'm though. saying is, there's something out all the time for the money to keep rolling in. Mm. And yeah, it's not new music, but like. How how deep are the fans' pockets? You know, everybody wants to get everything that they can, but at what point do you go, well, I'm not going to buy everything, you know? I'm not going to buy that German Sign of the Times DVD because, <laughs> you know, it's got those morons speaking on it. Um, you know, like not everyone can afford everything. Oh, granted, that's not an estate release, but, you know, they've got the book coming out with prints, They've got, you know, supposedly 1999. They've got these vinyl Which I predicted like... the entire contents of that book. <laughs> Don't forget that. Yeah, well, remember Prince invented the selfie. Remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's got to be a rethought of what they're releasing, not just putting things in the marketplace because they can. Uh, you know, we'll just put this out and get mm. the, the money keep rolling in because at, a, at one point the fans are just going to go, well, I'm going to be more selective with this because I can't get everything that, you, that you're bringing out all at once, you know. So, Well, here's, here's what we touched on in the originals review, but we didn't really talk about here because I think we said most of it, is just how much they shot themselves in the foot by releasing Piano and Microphone 1983 as the oh. first you know, album release from the mythical vault full of amazing tracks. Here's the best thing we could find. This rubbish sounding tape full of hiss, sounds like it's from a cassette. People will argue it is or it's not. It sounds like it's from a cassette. And I think straight away, half the people just walked away and were like, that's the quality of the stuff. See you later. Yeah. They're not coming back. And looking at originals dropping off the charts like the second week, it just proves so many people have just, they've given up. They've lost interest. But if yeah. they smashed, like if they put out the first release as either, you know, Black is the New Black 
or whatever, hit and run, whatever the latest new music that he had, even if yeah. it was the, the live Piano and Mike tour, live mm-hmm. album, any one of those things would have sold way better. Yeah, I think, I, I, you know, we're I, just guessing, but, you know, I can only put it down to there is some sort of legal red tape that they can't release stuff from there. That's the only thing I can think of, because if they could, they would. Well, at least I would. That, that's makes, probably the answer to like almost every question that we ask. Yeah. Like every question we're like, why did they do that? It's probably because they didn't have any other choice. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like you oh. said, that's a, that's a good marketing spin that they could, you know, promote. This is Prince was Prince's final His album. His final like, album. Yeah, that would make a lot that of noise. That would have been the biggest yeah. advertising campaign yeah. you'd ever seen. Yeah. And it would have been crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. The fact that Piano and Mike 83 came out, 35 <laughs> minutes, my God. Like, like you said, like there's this vault of countless hours of material and it's 35 song a day a out. song a day for what 30 plus years yeah that's oh that's God. the myth <laughs> so yeah it's just it, it blows my mind it blows my mind it just yeah <laughs> like I, I get to a point where i think the vault is a myth because it's like well if it was real why are we getting what we're getting mm. that, that's how i think yeah like i the only thing that gives me hope is those pictures those um, from the sheriff that, you know, they took... Oh, the, yeah. Like Paisley Park was just one big crime scene, really, and they took photos of everything. Everything. And then this is inside the vault, and there was, like, I think two vaults. There was the main one and then another yeah. storage room with videotapes, like, from floor to ceiling and, like, that, you know... When I saw that, I thought, okay, so this, you know, it is real, but then it's like, well, mm. if there's stacks and stacks of this stuff all there, why aren't we hearing it all, you know? Why are, why are they sort of drip feeding this out? So that's 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 my thing. And I said this in the originals review, and it's like I understand what a unbelievably massive task you know it would be to just look at all that stuff, and we're like, okay, we've got to start digitizing all this stuff, yeah, and oh, yeah. trying to massive get job. some sort of order. And like I understand that, and like if they're saying they've got a plan, then. You've got a plan to, like, just say the plan was to release Dream Factory. So you go in, you know, all the tapes are there. Everything's, a lot of it's written on, identifiable. So you find stuff that says Dream Factory. You go through all that first. That's your job there. That's an album. But it just seems such a haphazard. That's what it seems like. It just seems like they're just, like, walking in the vault and just grabbing a bunch of tapes and going, here's the next album. Yeah. (laughs) Someone, make it an album. That's what it looks like from the outside. Yeah, it does. Like, here's a bunch of tapes. Um, uh, now let's make a theme. Oh, it's Prince's versions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, good one. Let's call it Originals. Mm, yeah, I uh, just, yeah, I'd love to know the thought process and just a bit of fan consultation or, yeah. But see, I, said, I don't get why Michael Howe has done so many, so many interviews, but almost every interview, like half the questions, he's like, I can't answer that because I've signed all uh, 50,000 confidentiality agreements mm. if you've signed so many things that you can't talk then why are you out trying to talk yeah he's, he's saying he's he talks so much but he says so little that's what annoys me yeah yeah I, like I, he might do a, a three-page interview and there's like two sentences which are like actually oh that's actually something interesting and all the rest is just waffle <laughs> Padded. it's just waffle yeah, I, I don't even know what to say in those regards because it's like they must be bound by, you know, something that they can't say. And it's like, well, exactly to your point, why, why do they do so many interviews if they can't really talk or answer the questions? Mm. So, 
it's, but it's see again strange. that just brings for the skeptic people that just brings that suspicion uh, yeah, back as exactly. to like yeah. if yeah. he can't talk about what they did to the mixers then what are they hiding if they've done yeah. nothing to the mixers if they're just straight off the tapes and here's the mix done then just say it why can he not say you yeah. know oh we put a bit of reverb on the vocals on all the tracks because we just decided to mm. <laughs> because we're gonna lose it that's why yeah we decided to put an extra guitar in 100 miles per hour by somebody else. This will make some guy ride his bike off the road. Let's put a truckload of <laughs> reverb on all the vocals and make Prince's vocal way in the back. Yeah. Like, like uh, the bootleg the bootleg versions, the, the vocals more up front than on originals. It's weird. It's weird. Like why would you make that call on that? Yeah. Well, again, hopefully we'll find out some of those questions. Yeah, but anyway. like like I said, I said on a few of those tracks, like it just sounds like they got they had the master tapes and they just pushed all the faders up and they're like, well, this is what he recorded, this is what it's meant to be. Yeah. But then if you listen to like the released version, like maybe that guitar wasn't in it and that that lid uh, drum sound effect yeah. that's not on that version, but it was on this tape. That just means yeah. he was playing around. He just recorded more stuff. It doesn't mean that was all meant to be in a mix. Everything, all at the same time. Well, it, a famous thing of Prince's was, I think even like a track when Doves Cry. Pull yeah. out the bass. Yeah, so he would record, like just so listeners are aware, he might record all these tracks. He might all use all 16 tracks or whatever and record all the instruments but pull down certain instruments, like, you know, pull the bass out of when Doves Cry, pull, you know, all the bells and whistles and just make it really sort of... Um, Minimalist funk. Yeah, and that was what Prince was. And if he puts that in the vault and they bring it out and push all the faders up, then now you're getting something completely different from his core vision. So, yeah, that's mm. that's interesting. I've never really thought about it like that. That could be another yeah. sort of sticking point with fans. You know, he brings th instruments in and out, pulls them out all together, but they're still there. If you push that, if you push that fader up, and if they That's do it. that, then you you get you're getting a completely different experience. Completely. To what he was planning to put out, yeah. or what he yeah. did put out, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never even thought of that. I'm sure if you got the original tapes of when Does Cry and pushed everything up, it'd be totally different to what different. we. Oh heard. yeah, oh yeah. They'd be they'd be they'd it's like three different bass lines. Yeah, they'll like, they'll have to pick one. They'll put that up. There's probably two other guitars. Let's put that up. There's probably a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that he recorded, yeah. played around, pulled it out. Exactly. But then they could come out and say, oh, look what we found. We found this tape. Listen to this. And all the fans would be going like, wow. But it could be. And like, they'll be an like, this, decision, is th yeah. this is the full version of When Doves Cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not <laughs> technically how this works. But if you want to say that, okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, it could happen. I've never even thought about that. That's wow. That's really interesting. Mm. Really interesting. That's it. Uh, well, let's let's leave leave on that with people to ponder. Yep. Think Sounds about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> we'll get another peach and black tea from Starbucks, and we'll finish this off. Yeah. Next time. Next time we got to have a big whinge. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to you. Thank you very much, Mister. Thank you. Mr. Player. Thank you, Pat. 50, on. approximately 50% of Peach and Black. It's like if there's a bitch fest that's going on, it's like Captain goes, I'm going to get Player on the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, he'll agree with everything I say. <laughs> or most of it. Uh, See, if I get MC, if I get MC on here, we'll just, we'll just argue forever and get nowhere. 
It would be an argument, yeah. That could be fun, That's, though. Yeah, it could be fun. It's, it's good to have differences of opinion. It's good. That's why oh, Pitch Blade podcast is so great. While we're on it, uh, shout out to the Rob S. Oh, Obsessed by Music podcast. What was I going to say? I was going to call it the Rob S. Show, but it's called Obsessed by Music. Go listen to that. I think I think he should change the name. He's got a history of doing that, so why not call it the Rob S. Show now? <laughs> <laughs> See, if he listened all the way through this show, he'll hear that now. No, <laughs> and he'll I be reckon... thinking, maybe I should change it to the Rob S show. <laughs> no, no. Obsessed by music's good. It, there's a truckload of people that have, you know, their own names as the such and such show. Everybody does that on a, on a podcast. The captain says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, captain says uh, words. <laughs> obsessed by music. Yeah, that's, that's, a cool, that's a cool show. Go listen to it. Go and listen. Yeah. After this, go and listen to that. And if you haven't heard six hours of Originals review, go and listen to that too, even though we've already spoiled the results. What, I told you, we, we gave you a spoiler warning. Why didn't you go and listen to it first? <laughs> <laughs> what nutcases would put out six hours of a review of an album that's 60 minutes? No uh, one else does what, that. What nutcases would record 10 hours <laughs> and then spend weeks and weeks editing it down? <laughs> like literally weeks and weeks and weeks. Ah. Oh. Tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're good shows, though. Very good shows. Oh, Holy Rock. Holy Rock is good. Oh, Gigolos, not awesome. so much. Everyone, go and listen to Holy Rock now. I don't care if you don't like there, it. This, go and listen couple, to it and just blast it. There's a couple of people online that have left feedback on our social media saying, I totally slept on Holy Rock until you guys, like I heard your guys' review. And they went back and good, they good. turned it up and got into it. So yeah. Blast it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know what I listened to today and I I can't believe I never heard is the What's 12 that? inch of Super Freak. I'd never heard the oh, 12 right. inch version. Mm. I'd never heard it with all like that bloody Minneapolis synth stuff in it. It's yeah. so good. It is, right? I'd only heard the single version and then, yeah. you know, MC Hammer doing his thing. Oh. I'd never heard the 12 inch and I heard it today and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Because he he stole all the, all the Prince's synths for that album. Have you ah. heard that story? Have you heard that story? Uh, it does sound very princey. So you know um, Prince was Rick James' support act on the... You know what? I watched those tales from the tour bus today. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he was the support act. And on the last day of the tour, Rick James stole all of Prince's keyboards and stuff because Prince was known for programming his own synths and all that sort of stuff. And no one was doing that. So uh. Rick, Rick, Rick stole he, all his gear. He took it back to his studios and recorded that Street Songs album using all of Prince's gear and then sent it back to Prince and goes, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, um, I'll have to listen to that whole album now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he stole Prince's gear. Anyway. Oh, that's funny. Okay, yeah, go and listen to Rick James. Bitch. Uh, do, you know, do you know what else I saw? Rick James was 10 years older than Prince. I didn't know he was yeah. that much older. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, now we're just like running out of steam now. Fade out. Fade out. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.